following podcast may contain spoilers. My best to the coven. Binge Movies Akron, we've got the hits. Well, sir, everything is pretty well rented until after the holiday. Well, let me check to see if we have any movies uh, left, uh, Christmas or otherwise. Well... Uh, looks like we've got one. It's an older title, but it's not rented out. No, I, I haven't seen it. I, I couldn't recommend it, but, um, you know, I tell you what, um, being the holidays and all, and what if I watch it and call you back? And if it stinks, I save you a trip and you don't have to come all the way out here to a video store right before the holidays. How's that sound? N- no, sir, this isn't typical. Uh, but I've got nowhere else to be, and, you know, frankly, it'd, it'd make me feel a lot better to be of some use to somebody this Christmas. Now, you're very welcome, sir. Uh, l- yeah, let me get your number. Yeah, uh-huh. No, let me get your number, and I will call you right back. Uh, 907? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, give me about 90 minutes, and I'll call you back. Oh, I didn't see you there. Um, well, as you can probably tell, it's a, it's a pretty sad Christmas for old Jason this year. I know I'm supposed to deliver some kind of a holiday special, but I just don't have it in me, I don't think. And I don't know. It's just lonely. You know, all of our locally sourced teens are at home with their families, and Pat's still dead, and Todd is holidaying in Aspen, and it's just me and row after row of barren home video shelves. You know what? I I was just getting ready to watch and review a movie for the last customer before Christmas. If you're not doing anything, and I'm not doing anything, why don't you stick around? I'm going to be reviewing a movie uh, from 1989 called Elves. An innocent romp in the woods turns into a hellish nightmare when an evil force is accidentally awakened. Action International Pictures presents the gruesome holiday shocker, Elves. 
they're not working for Santa anymore. I'm on a rough day at work. Santa got murdered. Their mission, to mate with a virgin and conquer the world as a pint-sized master race. I'm saving it for someone special. Dan Haggerty stars as Mike McGavin, an ex-detective working on hard times. First you stand and then you die. She is the most important person on Earth. From her will grow the new order. Santa must expose this unholy force before the elves destroy Christmas. Jesus Christ. <laughs> elves. They're not working for Santa anymore. Elves, the 1989 film written and directed for the screen by Jeffrey Mandel. It was released October 24th, 1989, and it runs at a very brisk and occasionally boring 89 minutes. If you've ever wanted to get your friends and family who've outstayed their welcome for the holidays out of your home in 90 minutes or less, may I suggest to you Elves. What is the plot of Elves? I'm assuming that many of you have not seen it. And so I'm going to break the movie down now, beat for beat, as I watch it. Uh, Elves is the quaint story, uh, a common holiday story, of a group of uh, feminists who are known as the Sisters of Anti-Christmas, as symbolized by the Virgin of Anti-Christmas, who gather together in a sacred spot to try to conjure magic to make it snow and or end Christmas and or get laid very uncertain uh the movie immediately seems to be self-aware so if that sounds pretty stupid uh maybe it's stupid on purpose i'm not 100 sure one of the characters says what is this a script and um you know that's the first of a great many meta moments i i, I struggle to call it meta but it's a first of many moments that's attempting to do something we have a group of girls who are uh indistinguishable one from another uh the the main one who's leading this ritual of anti-christmas wicca is says we just have to have a strong bond and another girl goes ew and then <laughs> i don't know why and then later on it's like a virgin ew same girl and again just as they're leaving this sacred spot nothing has happened she just her last line in the scene is ew it's as if they told at times these actors to improv. Just be loose with it, baby. And um, and we'll get there with our main protagonist. I, I, it just seems like they're riffing and, or there was no script. The, the actors are left to their own devices to just fill in the blank spots. And instead of saying ums and ahs and yas and wows and uhs, they just say you and make offhanded remarks very quietly to themselves. It's a very strange thing. But thus is the origin of our monster. Anti-Christmas feminists perform a Wicca ritual, and one happens to cut herself on a candle, and her blood falls to the ground, awakening a Nazi Christmas demon. I'm starting to think, straight from the top, that this movie doesn't make any sense. We go to see a nice scene where 
the lead Christmas-hating witch gets pimp-slapped repeatedly by her crippled grandpa. Now, I don't know about you, but I think an elderly man in a wheelchair seems pretty easy to take, unless, bum bum bum, he's a Nazi! That's right, I have a feeling as I watch this film that Papa is a Nazi. And what gives it away? Uh, is it the very bad German accent this guy's attempting to pull off? Yes, yes it is. Her mom uh, is so upset that she borrowed her book from her Nazi grandfather's study that she decides to punish her. And the mom asks, are you hurt? And the girl shows her her hand and she goes, good. There's a weird dynamic here immediately between uh, mom and daughter. And the mom says, you know, you're hurt, but that'll heal. So it's not enough. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take your entire savings account. You can kiss it goodbye. Seems a little extreme. The only possible explanation for the treatment of this girl who has simply gone out for an evening with her friends and come home having borrowed a book from the library of her grandfather has a pretty nasty gash on her hand is that this family is evil. Case in point, incest. A little boy in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pajama set watches Kirsten, which is main-ish character, shower. Kirsten catches him and says, hey, you little pervert, to which the boy says, I'm not a pervert. I like looking at naked girls. And I wanted to pull him aside and say, Sonny, that's the definition of a pervert. And Kirsten says, I'm your fucking sister. Which to which the boy says, yeah, and you got fucking big tits. And I'm going to tell everyone I saw them. Again, Sonny, uh, that's the definition of a pervert. Also, I want to say to Kirsten at this point, mind your words, because your little brother might just take you up on the offer. At this point in the film, I pull aside my handy-dandy computer and I start looking up writing credits because, believe it or not, these people speak English. And believe it or not, there's three of them. There's Josh Mandel, the lead writer and director of this film, who is the auteur of such classic films as Elves, the film I'm reviewing, Shooters, Cyber Chic, which is an acronym, which can I, I can only assume has something to do with robots and tits. Firehead, which, again, sounds like pornography. Super Force, which uh, sounds like a bad cartoon, but I think it was a real bad TV show. Now, would you believe that Josh Mandel hasn't worked in any capacity since 1998? I would. Then we have Mike Griffin. Now, that name may seem familiar to you. That's probably just the guy who pumps your gas because this is his sole writing credit. And as far as I know, it's the same guy. We also have Bruce Taylor, who's notable for writing an episode of Howie Mandel's Bobby's World, which leads me to think, is Howie Mandel related to Josh Mandel? Is that how Bruce Taylor got the Bobby's World in? Was there such thing as a Bobby's World in? I don't know. And and how bad of a writer do you have to be that you write one episode of Bobby's World and they go, uh, we won't have you back, sir. Uh, don't call us. We'll call you. He's also responsible for writing several scripts for the Yancey Butler 2002 TNT original series, Witchblade. Which if you've ever seen that, you have Bruce Taylor to thank. Now, look, I'm at this point, I'm eight minutes into this movie, and if I keep trying to make sense of it, we're going to be here until next Christmas. We'll return after these messages. According to legend, little folks know, hills is where the toys are. Hills, try layaway. 
just 10% down, a small service card, laser-away toys, little and large. Hundreds of toys, express layaway too. So layaway is even easier for you. Remember, Hills Toy Layaway. One reason they're different and why they say, Hills is where the toys are. At low prices every day. Sex offender son gets attacked by a, I'm going to quote him here, fucking little ninja gremlin midget troll and garners absolutely no sympathy because he's human filth. His only saving grace is that he has a very clear Ghostbusters 2 and Critters poster in his room, which just tells you it's the 80s. Our intro to our other main character-ish, I guess the protagonist, is Dan Haggerty giving money to a Salvation Army band who has been dubbed over by really bad Casio synth music. Uh, you heard it in the trailer that yeah it's uh, the shits and uh, it's very obviously uh, uh, not real and I can only assume it's because the people who to whom they gave instruments either didn't know how to play them or they couldn't capture the audio correctly which happens frequently within this film Uh, you've heard the trailer and you would assume that that's a joke trailer that was made to highlight all the bad parts of the movie because of how crudely it's edited together. Sounds and scenes are just cut mid-note, mid, mid and that's not really how you edit anything in the world. Um, that is actually how the movie is edited. So if you think the trailer sounds bad, uh, just imagine 89 minutes of editing done just the exact same way. Three editors on this movie. <laughs> this has all the hallmarks of terrible movies made by people who've never seen a movie we have very odd dialogue including grizzly adams who is dan haggerty who after giving money to this salvation army band who only plays casio keyboard music goes inside looking for a job and he goes to the department store head and the guy says you know you're always welcome here get yourself some coffee and some cookies at the snack counter now i was alive in the 80s i don't remember snack counters but seems pretty nice. He's like, I don't want any goddamn coffee and cookies. I need a job. And he's, <laughs> to which the guy's response is, you take that sentiment outside, mister. It's Christmas. Which very well may be uh, a new catchphrase around here. You take that sentiment outside. It's Christmas. Looking for a job? Go outside and freeze to death. It's Christmas. We don't want to be bothered by your problems. It's the season of giving, just not giving fucks or giving jobs. There are attempts at humor in this movie that don't seem human. There's terrible sound quality, scenes that go on too long or cut off too quick. This movie offers us a lot of things. Quality isn't one of them. We have Santa trying to fill up and finger bang one of his elves, uh, who is also... uh, one of our lead females in the film, and he asks her what she wants for Christmas. She says snow, and I'm pretty sure that this is Kirsten, who is our main protagonist, but once again, I can't keep these women straight. And uh, his response to her asking for snow while he tries to finger bang her dryly in front of children is, he says, oral. She says, excuse me? He says, Santa says, oral. (sighs) Cut to mom drowning a cat in a pillowcase in a toilet. (laughs) 
There's a scene in which the daughter, Kirsten, I'm pretty certain, says, My life's become a cliche. My only friend is my cat. Which of course means that the evil mother, at which point one character says evil stepmother, and Kirsten corrects her and says, No, she's just my mom. <laughs> her evil mother grabs a cat, puts it into a pillowcase, and takes it to a toilet to drown it. Now, you could drown a cat in a sink, you could drown a cat in a tub, it seems way more efficient than putting your hands into a toilet. But we watch her do just that. This makes me think that these people are not from our world, that these people have only heard about movies and how they should operate. Uh, are we supposed to be shocked by this? Because I am shocked. I'm shocked that a human brain could conceive something so odd and stupid at the same time. There is a rapey Santa uh, comeuppance, though. The, the gropey, finger-banging Santa, uh, he, he gets his because we have our elf appearance. I would say elves, but there, there is no elves. There is one elf. And the elf appears in, uh, at best, uh, hand puppet form. It's very rubbery, very stretchy, and not enough goo, not enough KY jelly. If you're a special effects person out there and you're hell-bent on practical effects, you need to soak everything you do, fully lubricate everything you do in KY jelly. And it mutilates his genitals with, I think, a knife? Uh, I couldn't quite make it out. It may have been claws, it may have been a knife, but it's not the last we'll see an elf wielding a weapon, which seems kind of pointless. Uh, if you're already a demonic elf, what do you need weapons for? But if you've ever wanted to see uh, Santa get his balls cut off and his penis severed in a Christmas film, this is the one for you. We get such wonderful reworkings of classic horror movie lines, such as, when there is no more room in hell, the elves will walk the earth. At some point in this film, I don't know where we are minute-wise, a group of horny teens decides to sex it up at the local department store. This is a plot point in a great many schlocky 80s films, from Chopping Mall to this other movie I completely forgot. Uh, I think, I think uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night has something like that where the teens decide to not fuck in the woods, but to fuck at the local department store or the local mall. And I realized that the, the mall was a centerpiece of many a Westerners' youth in the 1980s, but of all the places I could think to enjoy holiday, holiday coitus, the local department store is not one of them. But the question we have to ask ourselves is who is going to save them from this Nazi elf? Of course, we have our... Department store Santa and disgrace cop Dan Haggerty, who will spend 15 minutes in the central action scene of this film, firing blanks at absolutely nothing and softly whispering to himself. If you think I'm exaggerating, follow the link below to watch Elves. Mall Santa visits a foppish doctor. I don't know how he got this guy's info, but this foppish doctor gives him and us some exposition. Here's the bottom line. Angels had sex with women. God got pissed. He sent a flood. But he spared Noah and some animals. Specifically, to quote him, the little creeping things. He says, you might think this is lizards. You may think it's bugs, but it's not. It's elves. The flood was to wipe out evil. 
but God wanted to spare Nazi elves. That is not the first nor the last time the plot of this movie will change. Uh, this movie has very little rationale behind it. And again, I'm beginning to get the strong inclination that this is this is not, not going to make any sense at any point. It's going to make less sense the more we go. Well, it turns out incest is intergenerational because Kirsten's grandpa is also her father. Oh, my God! Mall Santa breaks into an elf expert's home who has recommended him to him by a different elf expert, the one who reveals that this is all God's fault. And he breaks into the house just as the doctor is about to carve his Christmas turkey for his family. And the doctor elf expert begins to break it down even in further excruciating detail. There are two, not one, but two working theories about Nazi elves and the world of elves. One, Nazis used elves as an elite tactical hit squads, being two feet tall, having magical properties, and being very handy with knives and weapons, you could send them in to kill your enemies. But number two, this is the one the doctor more leans towards, is that the Nazis mixed magic and science to engineer the perfect organism, an elf. Here's the catch. An elf must mate with a virgin at Christmas to conquer the world. Uh, that's not That part's not really explained. What's odd about this and I know what you're thinking. It all sounds pretty odd, and you would be right, but what's really odd about this is that this expert who was really offended that Mall Santa broke into his house at Christmas time and held his family hostage in order to extricate elf information from him in a, quote, life-and-death situation. It's life and death, Doc. you got to give me the info. The elves are going to get us. The doctor says, okay, you got one minute. Here are all the working theories in the world about elves. He has no problem breaking this down to the guy, uh, but he's also simultaneously pissed that this is happening in front of his family, which is fair enough. But then again, he doesn't seem to have a problem breaking down uh, elf rape of mortal women in front of his two darling little girls, uh, whom he also verbally abuses at the beginning and end of the scene. Will we see that guy again? No. What happens next? Dan Haggerty's car explodes. He finds dynamite, not a stick of dynamite, but a bundle of dynamite in his car, which he bails out very, very, very slowly. The car explodes. We get one of the most laughable edits I've ever seen in the film. And all of a sudden, Dan Haggerty, a.k.a. Mall Santa, is in a full-blown fist fight with a trench coat-wearing Nazi. This has some of the best dialogue of any Christmas movie I've ever heard. Case in point. What are you? A goddamn Nazi or something? Is that elf yours? If you thought that cut was pretty egregious, we have what I think is maybe the most egregious cut to a body double I've ever seen in a film. The evil mom who was um, used by her Nazi father to produce a child who is a virgin who needs to be fucked by an elf... Uh, keep in mind, folks, this is a Christmas film. The mom is in the bathroom. She's putting lipstick on. She starts to go a little psycho. It seems to, as, to us as if she's going to kill herself. She disrobes with a very hard edit, a very hard cut. 
and a completely different woman in a wig climbs <laughs> into the bathtub. As the woman begins to bathe, we see her tits up. Uh, we don't see any nipple action because clearly the older woman didn't want to be shot nude. But then they decide to shoot the body nude because we need a couple more tits in this movie that is absolute pure trash and junk. And that's got to be a selling point, right? Gore and tits. Well, we get tits, but it's clearly a different woman's face in a wig. Who should appear but an elf on a shelf? But what's on the shelf is also a radio. Radio, which the elf on the shelf throws in the tub to help the mom commit suicide. And we watch her be horrifically electrocuted. <laughs> Merry Christmas. More great lines from the mind of Mandel. Kirsten says, Mom, Mom. And by this point, Dan Haggerty is there uh, having fought Nazis and he just shows up at their house. It's very strange. And she, she asks him, Is she okay? And Santa says, She's going to be all right. We got to get out of here. As the bathroom is strobing with light from her smoldering mother's corpse, which is still being electrocuted and demonic Nazi elf symbols are painted in blood on the bathtub. It is very clear, Kristen or Kirsten or Kirsty or whatever, that your mother is not ever going to be all right. She wasn't all right before she was killed by an elf. It's at this point in the movie that I now have a, another revelation. The revelation is this, that Dan Haggerty's voice is absolutely identical to Dave Batista. So if we're ever going to have another Grizzly Adams, Dave Batista is the guy. Better yet, if we're ever going to have a reboot slash remake, Zack Snyder's elves, Dave Batista is the guy to hire. We get another stupid question from another stupid person, the incestuous brother who is now suddenly all right and is part of our group of protagonists. That was a strange turn. He says, are we going to be all right? Kirsten says, no, Willie. Grandpa's a Nazi. Now, you would think that this is a, a spoof movie, that this is like uh, Wolf Cop or something, or Kung Fury or Kung Pao Enter the Fist. This isn't. This is a uh, lowercase m major motion picture. Is there an, is that, what is the equip? What is the, you know, we have major motion pictures. What, what, what's, what's, what's the opposite of that? It's still a motion picture, but it's not a major, a, a minor motion picture. This is a minor motion picture. At this point, we get antichrist references, magic crystals, full blown Nazis, and the elf gets a gun. Then we have the last five minutes of the film, which is a total blur. I don't mean that in some figurative sense. I mean, there is a blur effect that is applied to the last contiguous five minutes of this film that completely and utterly covers the screen. I have no idea what is happening. In the end, all that's left is Kirsten and her now heroic incestuous brother. I didn't think a movie about incestuous Nazis would redeem an incestuous Nazi child, but they did it. They're sitting out in the woods as it begins to snow. The snow that Kirsten wanted all along. The snow that Kirsten asked for in the lap of a rapey Santa Claus. The snow which we can barely see because it's not lit properly. Is Dan Haggerty dead? We don't know because we never see him again. I can only imagine that after his, ca his check uh, 
cleared and or bounced. He bounced and or cleared uh, his way to the liquor store and was not able to be a part of the climax of the film. Does the glowing elf puppet baby mean that Kirsten is knocked up anyways? Who knows? There are so many questions, so many questions, so little time about 1989's Elves. But what I can say for Elves is that it's a best-case scenario disaster movie. Not a lick of it makes sense. Not a frame of it is competent. It is to Christmas what Troll 2 is to Milk. Firstly, as I said before, there are no elves. There is an elf, as in a singular elf. Second, everything about it is entirely in poor taste, but you aren't exactly sure how self-aware the film is. And it doesn't really matter how aware it is because it sucks at being self-aware. Even when it seems to wink at the schlock of itself, it's still a failure of a film. It does that even unironically poorly. This is the sort of film that's best suited for watching in an eggnog-soaked crowd of fully immunized and silly friends who can laugh at trash. Because that is exactly what this movie is. It is trash. Yeah, this is Jason over at Binge Movies Akron. I have completed my watch of Elves 1989 and wanted to see if uh, you wanted to come pick it up. Well, I do think it would be offensive to the elf community. I mean, it kind of paints a not in a very good light. I mean, the elves are Nazis, so I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, you know, to fictional characters, so... Question confuses me, honestly. Well, no, I don't have anything else on the shelf. Uh, it, no, I don't have any other holiday plans. Well, everybody's gone, and I'm kind of here home alone, I guess, in a way. I mean, I live in the store. I work in the store. I even have a movie podcast out of the store, and... My whole life is pretty much in this shop, and with everybody gone and everybody out and about, um, I don't know. It just kind of leaves me with an empty feeling. So and that's why I was willing to help you out, sir. It's uh, what was your name again? Chris. That Chris. That's why I was willing to help you out. I don't have very much going on, and I can't be the places I want to be this holiday season, or be with all the people I want to be with. So I decided. Stay here and keep the lights on, you know? So me helping you, that's that's a way of really kind of helping myself. So not a selfless act, but I appreciate your thanks. Yeah, if I could have anything for Christmas, I, I guess it'd be a plane ticket. I'd go to the most magical place on earth, Tampa, Florida. Yep. Well, you have a very happy holidays too, sir, and uh, don't mind me saying, Merry Christmas, Chris. What a nice guy. A weird guy. A nice guy. Anywho, I guess it's just you and I again. I know this was kind of a ho-hum holiday special, but I think the moral of the story all comes down to this. Wherever we find ourselves this holiday season, whatever we find ourselves with, 
or without, or who we find ourselves with or without. Things could always be worse. Our grandpa could also be our father, and he could be a Nazi who's obsessed with elves and is trying to take over the world by having an elf impregnate us. As long as you don't have that going on in your life, and in my book, you got a lot going for you. I guess on that note, I'd like to offer to each and every one of you a very happy holidays for binge movies. Until next time, folks, binge on. You never fall in love with an elf. His endless talk of Christmas town will test your every nerve. Still, he's kind of cute, I guess. Well, if you grade on a curve. Just look at 